Indian and cowboy, indigenous, independent, and listener-supported, rooted firmly at the intersection between digital media, podcasting, and indigenous storytelling. Welcome to Otpemsu Eskwewa Kitsigisagok Meiti in Space, Chelsea Valnitsigason. Molly Swainitsigason. Mantusakagnik Nitotsin. Otusquenik Nitotsin. Hey, so uh, here we are. Again. Oh, yeah. Always. Always up in your ear holes. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, a really excellent show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get Classic. to that, before we get to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, we wanted to say a big, giant thank you. Aye, uh, aye, Mr. Hey. To everybody who got t-shirts for our t-shirt campaign. Yeah, it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's been really exciting seeing people uh, tweeting themselves in the shirts. It, we would love to see more. Mm-hmm. Also, and, like, actual selfies, can I just say? Yeah. We haven't gotten any actual selfies. We've got, like, kind of the bottom half of people's right. face if we're lucky. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's you the empty shirt. You guys ashamed to be our fans? Is that, is that what's up? <laughs> Are you just shy? It's okay if you're yeah, shy. It's you fine. know, but like, love yourself. 2015 is the year of the selfie. Right. I Selfies declare. are great. Yes. Yeah. So love yourself. Love yourself. Selfie. In also, your Métis and Space shirt. Yeah. Also, first person to send a selfie. <laughs> I don't need, like, I don't even know what I'd do. We'll, we'll make like a, a I don't know. I'll don't like make any wild sparkles on it. promises, man. It took us forever to get those prizes That's true. out. <laughs> no, no wild promises. Just eternal gratitude yeah yes and uh yeah so the cost of those was pretty high and unfortunately that was really due to the the crappy canadian dollar Mm -hmm. um we ourselves bought a whole bunch of uh shirts for ourselves and our family and stuff and and uh yeah it was really 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 crazy expensive Mm -hmm. yeah So. so if if finances were a reason that you decided not to get one of those totally understandable to- yeah just yeah and also sorry we're, we've committed ourselves to getting inexpensive merch the next time yeah we're gonna try I mean we're definitely gonna do another run at some point um, might not be through the same company we're, we're gonna try to because we watch more shirts out there uh, you know a lot of people were like look I just can't afford this right now so mm-hmm. we'll do it that we'll, yeah. and we'll try to get some other stuff out there and yeah more but, shirts more catchphrases yeah more but you know. you know how it is. It's going to take us some time because, you know, <laughs> we're, we're on space Indian time, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, happen- it happens when it happens. There you go. When it's supposed to happen. Yeah, so if you if you email us being like, hey, when are those shirts going to happen? You promised them six years ago. We'll be like, you know what? Just calm right down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, what's the cocktail of the evening, mm. Molly? It is one that we found via Google. Mm-hmm. Think uh, the internet. And it's called Amy's Tattoo. Uh, and it, that might give you a little hint um, mm-hmm. as to what we're watching tonight. Uh, so Amy's tattoo is one splash of grenadine, uh, two ounces of orange juice, two ounces of pineapple juice, half an ounce of dark rum, and half an ounce of white rum. Or you can just throw four ounces of rum in there, and that's good too. You know, that's that's our version. Our version is instead of grenadine, you do black currant syrup, and instead of one ounce of various types of rum, you just take the one rum and put like six ounces in. <laughs> Uh, and that one I'm calling Molly's tattoo. Uh, you can check oh, with the, the extra on, yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> with the extra rum mm-hmm. and mine, of course, uh, no alcohol. I tried this, uh, artificial rum extract. It's gnarly. Flavoring thing is really nasty. It's not good. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't try to fake it. No, no, no just, just go straight juice. <sighs> just accept that you are not drinking anything alcoholic. And, uh, I don't know. I, I always find what makes me feel like it's a fancier drink is putting a little fizz in it. So next time I'm just going to put some fizz in it. Juice and fizz. Yo. You know? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I, that, it could have used some fizz. It's very, very sweet. Yeah, it's... But Molly, like, put in way too much of, like, blackcurrant, uh... Yeah, it was... Yeah, syrup. It's a lot. Yeah. What ifs? Yeah. She, she still drank, like, four gallons of it. All right. 
right. So, um, anyway, yeah. So, episode. Yeah. So we went really far into the future with this one. Farther oh, yeah. into the future than we have ever been. Exactly. Um, and we're really interested, mm. I will say, diplomatically at the results. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this was actually an episode that was suggested to us uh, via Twitter. And uh, so we watched Futurama. Oh, yeah. Season 3, episode 10. Now, that's that's the production season. Um, if you're looking it up uh, by broadcast season, which it, it appears more uh, commonly like this, it's season four, episode six. Yeah, that was a little confusing to us, but yeah. there you go. Um, and here's the description. So uh, Amy Wong's rich parents host the annual Mars Day picnic, but the original Martians have different plans. Doom, doom, doom. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Also, uh, where the bugalos roam is what it's called. Yes. So it kind of gives you a sense of how this is going to be framed. Right. right. Uh, okay. It, it, it was almost good. And it, frankly, it was, you know what I was tipped hoping it for, me? for it to be good? What, what would have tipped it for me, and I was saying this even before the episode started, mm-hmm. instead of Bugalos, I just really wanted it to be about Juggalos. Fucking Juggalos, no, man. They're no, great. No, no, they're great. No. I love me some Juggalos. You Buggalos, know, I don't have a lot of feelings towards. You but. know how I feel about clowns. Why do you got to keep bringing this up? You know what? They're not real clowns, though. It's, it's, they're just like they have a clown fandom, sort of. No. Whatever. Just no. Uh, anyway, yeah, so it's Bugalos, and there's a double pun. First with the Juggalos, in my mind, and then also with Buffalo. I respect your autonomy. Okay, so, um, <laughs> right, so it starts off, and, and I mean, you know Futurama, right? It's full of all sorts of jokes and uh, racial stereotypes. And, and, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, it definitely like toes the line between just being like straight out effed up yeah. and like saying that it's satire and satire is tough right because like you if you're just replicating sort of oppressive uh you know ideas and stereotypes and stuff like that that's not satire that's just how shit is right Mm -hmm. and and sometimes futurama gets it right and really like makes fun of it in such an obvious way that you're it's cringe you know you're supposed to cringe at satire and be like oh my gosh that's so terrible you know that's that's obviously wrong but if you're kind of like yeah right that's not satire Mm -hmm. and i think like the whole wong family is like that's not satire that's just like gross asian stereotypes the whole thing the way they talk you know they got the broken english and you know the puns on the name wong like you've come to the wong ranch and and just all of the stereotypes about you know the wong family being so greedy and like the mom is desperate to have amy get married and have children and just all of that right that's always been an issue on futurama for me that Mm -hmm. is just like that's not making fun of the stereotype. That's just the stereotype. Yeah. Or like even like Bender, you know, he's Bender Rodriguez and he has to, you know, he's a drunk. Yeah. 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 Right. And it's yeah. just like, oh, yikes. Yeah. Oh, Bender. So, uh, yeah. So this but I started kind of feel, out. I, I kind of feel like mm. I, I feel a little attached to Bender anyway, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell the Bender story. So uh, my my younger brother, he's eight years younger than me. Um, I don't know. He had a flight of whimsy one day and he printed off a picture of Bender giving a thumbs up and uh and and with a caption like to my niece and he put it in a framed picture and he gave it to her and she's like what's this and she was like i don't know like four or something what's this and no that's your uncle bender you know and uh yeah in our family we have a a habit of inventing uncles apparently and uh i kind of just like haha that's funny right uh, and, and went along with it. Cause actually at the time I was actually watching a lot of Futurama and I didn't think that it had an impact on the kids until my four-year-old was like, uh, like, cause they weren't really watching. They were like doing their thing or whatever, but no kids are watching everything. They listen to everything you think they're not, but they are. And I first like understood that when she was like, we're outside one day and she decides to tell me the story of like, um, you know, the three little pigs and, uh, <laughs> and she's like, you know, and, uh, the wolf comes along and is like, little pig, little pig, let me in. And, and this cute, angelic little girl goes, bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> Just like Bender, right? And I'm like, oh my God. And that's when things got real PG rated around the house, right? You think, you think they're too young to get that stuff, but no, they're talking about biting shiny metal asses. So yeah, so she, they, they, they thought both my kids ended up thinking that Bender was their uncle. And finally they were a bit older and I was kind of like, okay, this is just, this, this is getting cruel, a bit absurd. Because right? yeah. they would ask every once in a while, they'd be like, where's Uncle Bender? I'm like, well, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a movie star. He's really busy. Like, you know, come on. You tell them that Santa exists, so don't judge me. Uh, why can't a robotic movie star uncle exist? Who's also a cartoon. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then I was like, oh, this is crazy. So I just finally, like, 
I, I decided to be like, you know, Uncle, Uncle Bender's not really real, right? And my daughter was so, she just gave me this like look of death. She gave me the look of death and she walked away silently and closed the door. And I was like, <laughs> wow. It was and, like you had killed her uncle. Yeah, it was yeah. really, it was so, and I, oh, I just want to punch my little brother out forever, like introducing that <laughs> and my own self in the face for letting that happen. Because like in a couple of years, I'm going to be paying for the therapy over this. <laughs> like, so you think that your little joke to your kids is like a good, it's not a good idea. Don't do it. You're crushing hopes and dreams, and you're gonna be paying for it literally with the Sunyaos in the therapy when they're older. They're gonna blame everything on you telling them that their their uncle was a robot from Futurama. Right. Anyway. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Moral lesson. Moral that's lesson. that's what people listen in. I think. That's right. You know, to learn those those life those life lessons. Hey, that we you want to know how not to parent? I, I could do a whole show on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Totally. That's why your kids are so awesome. It's, just, it's all them. It's all them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So yeah. So uh, this episode started out, and we were having a great time. Yeah. I was so excited. Everything is just really old westy. They go to Mars. It's uh-huh. so old westy. They're yeah. all dressed as cowboys. It reminded me so much of Calgary during the Stampede. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yes. And it's just like you know, just all of these people, just like you know, the fringe, you know, like western button-up shirts yeah. and like the high-waisted jeans and everybody Wranglers, looks like yeah, yeah, vaguely bad and like ooh, it's great. Um, they go to Mars. It's described as the big empty planet. Yeah. Which, of course, is kind of set in the stage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Wongs own the entire West Hemisphere, which is the best hemisphere. And, uh, of course, the professor's like, it's the same on Earth. <laughs> yep, they have a, they have a modest ranch of 17.9 billion acres. Yeah. <laughs> and the bugalo are these large, like, sort of, like, cow-patterned ladybugs. Mm-hmm. Right? So- uh, well, I, thought, I kind of thought they were more like roaches. Yeah, like I guess they're really like, Well, yeah. no, I, I saw them as kind of ladybugs, which mm. played out later. So, but yeah. that's true. But yeah, they they're just like kind of like vaguely gross and terrifying, which yeah. I kind of found interesting because they're kind of one of the native species, even though they're patterned like domestic cows. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, mm-hmm. all of the all of the life forms on Mars are are insects, basically, or mm-hmm. or kind of weird looking, you know, alien, but like but familiar, right? They're mm-hmm. not like so alien. They're just like bugs, big mm-hmm. bugs. Yeah. Um, and they own so much on Mars that it's actually just easier to brand everything that's not theirs. And so then of course, you know, somebody gets branded with not the property of the Wongs or something like that, which is pretty great. Uh, and they're talking about, um, you know, it's Mars day. They've come for the Mars day barbecue. Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty, pretty good. It's very hoedown (laughs) mixed with like futuristic. So they're like listening to some like, you know, like twangy country music that then is like being, you know, like scratched up with the DJ. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. And, uh, Kiff is, uh, Amy's boyfriend. He's the kind of alien, uh, dude who, uh, flies with Zap Brannigan and, and he's, he's going to show up and be introduced to the family for the first time too. Mm -hmm. So this is, this really centers around Kiff and how the family feels about him. And, and Molly and I really felt like this, the whole, the, the whole art, his whole arc was like, you know, about masculinity. Cause they're right away. They disrespect him because he's too wimpy. Like that's what we hear. You know, he's too wimpy. He's, he's, uh, he's not masculine enough. So he's, he's trying to be more masculine so he can be accepted. Mm, yeah. Like he needs to like find himself and like yeah. come into himself so that he can be worthy of Amy and, yeah. and all this. And we kind of, this is one of these tropes. We see it again and again, where like this non-native masculinity is kind of like played out and justified and validated through defeating indigenous people yeah, or like yeah, yeah. through becoming indigenous as well. Right. And those kind of like weirdly they go hand in hand. Yeah. They always you have yeah. to, you have to kind of like replace the natives. Right. right. Yeah. So. It fits in, it fits in pretty well. Mm-hmm. So and, and this arc sort of works better, you know, than, than the other things they try. Cause it's like they do, I, I think they do manage to like poke fun at masculinity mm-hmm. through this it, effectively, you know? So yeah. And I mean, Zap Brannigan too, you know, it was like he's so over character. the top. Yeah. I heard he's based on William Shatner, in yeah. the original star. Trek. That would, that would totally not, not surprise me yeah it's oh because he even has those the way he talks is yeah a bit like that yeah the diction so good uh so yeah so the barbecue um you know and there's all these you know it's futurama there's all these little jokes interspersed with things yeah. like little cultural references you know stuff that you're just kind of like you know har harring at or whatever right. uh but uh the barbecue is this you know this hoedown um and everybody's you know you know two-stepping and square dancing and, and chatting. And uh, you learn that actually the Wongs bought Mars from the stupid Martian natives 
Uh, and that's what Mars Day celebrates. Yeah. It's kind of this expropriation of this land, and they paid one bead for the whole planet. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And everybody's everybody's kind of laughing, and Leela, yeah. who of course is kind of the, the bleeding heart liberal. Right. Is the like, willow in this case. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's horrible. Don't call them stupid. Well, you know, for one bead, what, do you, what else would you call them? Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. So then, of course, uh, the big, like, cowboy who, Chelsea, you described him as the Marlboro Man, which totally. I think is, like... And later on, like, uh, yeah, the, the guy with the camel fade, like, it was fully the Marlboro Man and Yeah, and they're, they're all smoking, like, yeah. nonstop and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and he may even make you come a long way, baby, right? So, of course, like, smoking is, is here it's a it's a, sig- a sign of uh, masculinity. So Kiff has to, like, you know, smoke a cigarette and he's coughing his lungs out and he doesn't like it and everything, but, like, be a man and do it, right? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, and the cowboy, it. like, is the symbol of masculinity. Yeah, like, yeah. The symbol. you got to embody that. He's got the smooth voice, and he's got, you know, the, the, the everything. It's just, he is the cowboy man. Yeah, it was... He's the cow man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you meet, you meet this, like, cow man, and then uh, he's so manly, and he's smoking so much. And then Kiff uh, goes and he meets the parents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just goes horribly, of course. And we even learn that Kiff doesn't even have any bones. Right. He's spineless. Literally. He's just full of fluid-filled sacks. Yeah. Bladders. He just goes <laughs> bladders, bladders. That's right. right pretty right, good. Right. And then yeah. he's kind of like slurping around places for the rest of the episode, which is great. <laughs> um, you know, and interspersed with this, of course, is kind of like... All of these, like, really colonial symbols, like this huge mansion. Yeah. Uh, they're, at one point, I think, like, these kind of, like, farm hands are actually rolling out, like, kind of almost like dough, like these just acres and acres of crops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, like, sod. Like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. it's just kind of, like, takes this kind of, like, you know, taming the West idea to this extreme. Right, taking it all the way to Mars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's out of this world. <laughs> uh, and so Kiff kind of decides that he has to be manly. Yeah. You know, he has to impress Amy's parents. And, uh, you know, conveniently enough, all of a sudden there's this huge dust storm and this giant dust tornado. Like, But first there's the sound, so. right? And it sounds like didgeridoos. Yeah. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely aboriginal. And, you know, like, it's, yeah, not, it's not the flutes, but it's like, yeah, it sounded very, like... Yeah, it was like Australian outback, right? Because mm-hmm. you know Mars too is you know as we see it, it's 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 a big desert planet and everything, right? So they they really played that up the the power of the dust storms and comes mm-hmm. along takes and it and it like it it forms sort of like a dust tornado and takes all the the bugalo. Yep. Uh, and but you learn that it's rustlers. Yes. You know, like it somehow. Hit them. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow they know that it. It you know it just seems like this completely absurd natural disaster but actually this is what rustlers do to steal people's cattle yeah and you know they're they're going oh we're ruined oh what are we gonna do you know all of our money was caught up in this bugalo herd and you know kiff steps forward and he's like now's my chance to prove how manly i am i'll be the masculine cowboy yep and he does that by putting on an entirely purple (laughs) cowboy suit (laughs) which is Awesome. I know, I know. I love the old movies with the, you know, the rhinestone cowboy. Oh, totally. Like yeah. a Porter Wagner <laughs> oh, level yeah. of like yeah. fabulous cow gear. Yeah, like, just because you're, you know, just because you're masculine doesn't mean you don't have to be fabulous. <laughs> yeah, which I think a lot of actual, you know, like Westerners could kind of like take to heart a little bit yeah. more, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, thank you. Right? And it, it doesn't have to be plaid all the time. It doesn't have to be just jean everything yeah it doesn't have to be those jeans that you bought in 94 you know like come on get some flair man yeah get get a little bit more fringe going yeah uh and so they retire this was was kind of actually one of the uh kind of like colonial references that i thought was really funny was when they retire to that room and they have all the like mounted you know like trophy yeah animal heads on the wall but they're all like weird space animals where it's like the moose and the moose has like gramophone ears or gramophone antlers or something and they're all just like really outrageous i was you know that was pretty funny uh and they're you know they're going to decide like you know kiff's gonna do this how are we gonna make this happen and so he decides uh, he's he's going to basically go on a cattle drive with the remaining bugalo to lure out the rustlers, and then you know then they'll attack them and figure out what happened. Um, but there's only one bugalo left. It's uh, it's one that Amy you know raised from a larva, <laughs> and it's called Betsy. And so they they get out and outfitted on giant ants, you know, which are taking the place of horses, uh, and and they ride towards Olympus Mons, mm-hmm. right, the largest. Uh, volcano in the solar system. Mm-hmm. They also bring a covered wagon. Of course they do. And Bender's yeah. on the covered wagon. Playing singing songs. Yeah. yeah. 
But the covered wagon then disappears and you never see You're it You're right. It's never shown again. But mm. it's very important that there be a covered wagon. Oh, yeah. To, oh, to, like, to show these these are the innocent, uh, you know, cowboy, farmer, settler peoples. Mm. Going into the unknown. Right. And you know, and they've got banjo in hand and they've got yeah. a goal in their hearts and they're going to make it happen. And it's going to be incredibly dangerous, we find out, even though we don't know why. We just know somebody could get killed. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're wrestlers. You're going to go deal with these outlaws. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they decide to go camping on Olympus Mons, which, by the way, isn't it like three miles high? Or, yeah. And like the slope is like so, you know, yeah. not but steep. The, that come it on, man, it's a cartoon. Days. I guess what so. Are you, what are you looking for like veracity here? Come on. I mean, what else do we know about a thousand years from now? You know, like what other references do we have? Futurama is what we got. That's true. You That's know, true. like I was just, I was hoping for a bit more. Fair enough. But they're camping. They're telling ghost stories. Right. Uh, you know. Oh, and Kiff is talking about his, you know, so how he's starting to express his masculinity. He's so excited. He, he's got a blister. Uh, he spits and he tells no one his feelings. <laughs> Except for his diary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all know you got those, guys. <laughs> it's fine. And, uh, that. and then they hear this clicking and they realize that the bungalow are actually in the crater of Olympus Mons. They're all, they're all yeah, just the very, stuck there. The very top. Yeah. Um, and so they decide... For whatever reason, this is never really explained to uh, dynamite the mountain because that's more that's more heroic, you know. Uh, Amy, why, Amy yeah. even mentions, you know, like they're like, well, it's not like your family has, you know, a thousand helicopters to bring them out. And she's like, well, actually, and you know, they just decide to blow it up anyway. Yeah, so they blow it up, and none of the bungalow are hurt uh, because of their hard protective shells. Right. They just kind of blow them out of the crater, mm. and then they fall down, the, you know, the slopes of Olympus Mons. Yeah, which which is actually kind of like less unbelievable because you learn that Kiff actually once took a seminar in ejecting chickens from a sand dune. <laughs> so, it's I like good. how they try to explain anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then didgeridoos again. Yeah, and then yeah, the dust is rolling up, and you know they're all putting in eye drops and all that business, yeah. and. All of a sudden, here it is, finally, yes. finally, we've been kind of circling around the issue, mm-hmm. and finally, you see Indians. Right. Native Martians. That's right. And they're on flying Bugalo. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew Bugalo could fly. Right. At and, this point. Yeah. And, and uh, so you, what they have is like, so they're sort of, you know, vaguely alien looking. I think they only had like three fingers each, uh, kind of grayish skin. And, and they have headdresses, but they're, they're sort of like part of their heads, right? Yeah. It's like plumage or whatever. Yeah, it's like the headdress, like the, they're naturally in regalia. Yeah, 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 natural it's, regalia. And so they're, they're, there's a guy with the most fabulous headdress, uh, you know, and they're like, we didn't know the bugalo could, could fly. And he's like, uh, he's like, only those who revere the bugalo have flying bugalo. And, oh, and Leela. Leela's like, uh, oh, they, what is it? She's like... Oh, no, she says later, because Leela's always like, oh, they have such reverence for the earth and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, and so, like, only those who can, you know, who can truly understand, like, Mother Mars can fly the bugalo. Mother Mars. We're the only people that can do that. Yeah. It's us, you yeah. know? And so, like, already these people are kind of, like, seen as uh, really kind of, like, exclusive yes. and a little bit selfish. Like, it comes across as kind of, like, abrasive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then it so and this is where at first we're like yeah and then but it, it goes downhill really really quickly because yeah. um so you have uh they find out that amy is the daughter of the wongs and they're like well we we plan to ruin the wongs by stealing bugalo but we'll take the girl instead you know so it, really all everything that they're doing is just to like you know uh to to get back to this one family and just it's all about revenge mm-hmm. and then it's also that captivity narrative right yes of course like that non-native woman getting mm-hmm. you know stolen by these indians and right. what are they going to do to her yes and, you know how could they do this it's so savage yes it's, it's so, very savage they've you know. gone they've gone beyond like fine you can steal cattle but when you start stealing our women you know mm-hmm. yeah and so and also the other thing too is like you know even though presumably these native Martians should have some kind of respect for the bugalo as, you know, like part of the land and, yeah. and this and that, they you let know, as soon back. as, as soon as they kind of have more, you know, a, a better ace in the Bar- hole. Yeah. Bargaining chip. They, yeah. They don't care about that. So right, right off the bat, they're set up as like hypocrites, right? Talking about spirituality and reverence, but really they just like, they have specific goals yeah, that have nothing to do with being reverential or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah, so uh, the team kind of returns to the Wong Ranch. With lots of great Western music. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, uh, you know, the parents are, you know, where's Amy? We want to hear from Amy. What's going on? And this tiny little tornado, like, spins <laughs> up with, like, a little ransom note. Yeah, yeah. And this is where Chelsea and I were both just like, Ugh. we're over it. We're over it. Yeah. The ransom note. Oh, the ransom note says, we take daughter. We want land. Yeah, totally Tonto just, speak. T- just full Tonto. And, like, 
And then this, 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 that nasty Asian stereotype comes up again. Uh, the Wongs are, are like, uh, we know it, we know it then because they know you use good grammar and you're supposed to laugh because you know, the Wongs are using good grammar. Ho, yeah. Ho, ho, but it's one, so funny. Yeah. Once again, it's like the, the white creators of the show yeah. are playing racialized people off of each other yeah, yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, don't, that's not sad. No, it's, that's it's just fucking gross. Yeah. It's gross. Uh, so they decide that they need to bring, you know, Kip's failed. They need to bring in the epitome of manliness to actually save the day. And of course, the man who wears no pants, Zap Brannigan. <laughs> so, and he, he does my, my very favorite line in this whole thing. He, he introduces himself. He says, I'm the man with no name. Zap Brannigan. <laughs> holds out his hand to shake. I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah. He's, uh, Zap Brannigan is actually one of my favorite characters. Cause oh, he's same. He was like the epitome of the clueless dude, bro. Yeah. He's just totally insensitive, uh, self-centered, and he's a, he's a complete buffoon. You know, oh, the totally. only person who takes him seriously is himself, right? Yeah. So, like, he's 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 a good like he. The things that they have him saying don't all fall into the realm of satire, but he himself is such a joke. Yeah, but it's but it's also like it kind of almost goes beyond that because like even though he's clearly just like incompetent and narcissistic mm-hmm. and all of this stuff, he, he gets still, ahead. You know, yeah, yeah, he's still like the captain of all these great starships. He's just super like famous. All the other dudes, bro. You know, he gets yeah. to tailor his own uniform, so it's super short. Like yeah. all that biz, and it's actually just like, yeah, you can get ahead. Even like when I you're, could, you know, yeah. off the top of my head, I could name you know more dudes like that that I know <laughs> than I have ha- like fingers and toes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> speaking of masculinities, so uh, Zap is kind of finding out more about the job and uh and the wongs tell him that uh the martians have no land they were gently encouraged to live on reservations deep underground and no one ever goes there yeah gently encouraged reservations deep underground which yeah. you know is where they would have fucking put us if yeah, they you know if they could yeah out of sight out of mind seriously yeah so they decide that, you know, no one's ever been there before, so someone's sure to be killed, you know, exclaims the professor. You know, he's, he's kind of, you know, often the stand-in for kind of the, like, pearl-clutching yeah, totally. old white person, you yeah. know? Someone's going to be killed, you know? And then, of course, you know, he makes Fry and Lila and Bender yeah, go cool. with Zap and Kiff to... to and Zap made them. some sort of sexist joke about, like, she doesn't sound like your girlfriend, she sounds like your wife, you know, type thing. But, and then there's, like, this big pause and this Martian tumbleweed goes by. So they, they bring in this, like, totally sexist joke and kind of like, hey, look at that. That was a sexist joke that fell flat. Woo! You know? Yeah. So they, they're, Nobody they're, thinks that's funny, yeah. but now you think it's funny because you don't think... Like, right, it was yeah. Just like, there are these oh, moments gosh. that kind of... Yeah, I don't know. And I've never looked at... I've never looked at uh, at Futurama this way. I've always just... You know, you sit there and you groan or you laugh or whatever, but you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, overall it's good. But like after this one, I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't know. Have, have I ruined it for myself? <laughs> it's just like there's, there's a surprising... Um, like there's a lot going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's you really know? packed in, and it, same mm. with the Simpsons too, right? Like, yeah. Uh, same thing. You've, you've got a fairly short episode, and just you have a, a ton of pop culture references and jokes and stuff like that, and it's just it's so fast. Yeah. It's like they take all these narrative streams and kind of like layer them on top of each yeah. other. So it's like, you know, Western movies, colonialism, mm-hmm. masculinity. And then also, of course, like the science fiction is all happening kind of at once. Yeah. And like teasing these things apart is like really, really interesting. But it kind of like, you know, it goes to show that a lot of these things, you know, they put all this together and create a very recognizable, coherent narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like pulling these things apart to figure out why that's even possible Yeah, is really interesting to do but yeah. now i'm never going to be able to watch future again without doing that i know yeah. this is what happens yeah. this is no, what I know. happens you, you start analyzing things and you ruin everything for yourself yeah you know <laughs> you can't I mean, ruin but also like i don't know i'm, I'm kind of impressed you yeah. Know? yeah like I, I didn't love the episode because it just gets horrible yeah but you know that that takes skill yeah you know to be fair all right, that's enough of that. Okay, yeah. so they uh, they okay, so they they head off towards the Martian reservation, which they get through the nostrils of this like Mars head, the great stone face of Mars. Right. Yeah, and they're like, wait, is this the only entrance to the reservation? And they're like, what about the great stone ass of Mars? It's like, well, we could go in there, but it's on the all the way on the other side of the planet. Ha ha ha. Yeah. So they yeah they go into the entrance and. There's yeah, there's a sign that says uh, Martian Reservation. Trespassers will be guilt-ridden. So okay, let's just look at that for a second. So there's this yeah. basically there's there's uh, 
the idea that, of course, like they have no power to do anything about people who trespass, right? For one thing, so it's a powerlessness, but it's also this—it's this idea of white guilt, right? Like mm-hmm. native people make you feel guilty, and so when you're dealing with with native people, just be prepared to be guilt-ridden, you know. And it's and it that plays into this idea of like. You didn't do anything, but you still feel guilty. You're made to feel guilty by racialized people for for things that happened, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago. And why do you even feel guilty? I don't know, but I just do, right? And also this idea that, you know, like, if you go into a reservation, it's not going to be something, you know, there's not going to be any sort of prosperity. There's not going to be, you know, it's just going to be, everybody's going to be downtrodden. Everything's going to be terrible. And, and you're not going to be welcome. You're not going to be welcome. And it's going to be like, everybody's going to make you feel like it's your own fault. Right. You know, as opposed to like, and it just kind of, you know, it plays into this, it's kind of this self-perpetuating cycle, you yeah. know, like reserves can't prosper if nobody ever thinks that there's any way that that could happen, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, ugh, it was, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot packed into that little statement there. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. Yeah. So they go in and, uh, it's dark and. You know, they're kind of feeling their way through and all of a sudden, you know, the light comes up and... Well, torches come out. Yeah, torches come out and it's torches and they're surrounded by, you know, native Martians with laser arrows. Yeah, those are cool. But that was the coolest part of this whole episode. with the laser... I know, I wanted to see more like alien uh, native technology, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the, the arrows themselves were like, you know, like like the lightsaber part of the saber, you know? Yeah. Yeah, those those are great. Yeah, those Um, are super cool. But but then they're also with the torches. Yeah. If they have, if they have like laser arrows, but like whatever. Yeah. But then also like they're holding spears, like the laser arrows are the only like cool futuristic part of this whole thing. Yeah. Except for the wigwam spaceships at the end. But right. Right. I, those are just, yeah, they didn't even try. But okay. So that was, yeah, that was the two pieces of technology was their spaceships and their, and their laser arrows. And the rest was, you know, very primitive and including of course mm. them because their speech patterns are primitive and, and things like that, but so you, you they're underground, and it sort of looks like uh, pueblo style, style housing, yep. you know, that's like built up into the into the um, the sides of the cavern. Yeah, and uh, you learn the chief who you've seen with the the big head headdress. Uh, his name's Singing Wind, um, which kind of becomes a thing later on, and mm-hmm. he's you know kind of trying to negotiate uh, with Zap Brannigan, and uh, Zap Brannigan immediately, you know, runs his mouth off and then drinks a can of slurm, which is kind of the drink of Futurama, and throws it on the ground. And then one of the indigenous people picks it up and goes full Iron Eyes Cody. Yeah, with the teardrop The single down. tear. And uh, Leela says, they have such respect for their planet. <laughs> and then it zooms back into this Martian Iron Eyes Cody. Yeah. And what, is, what does he, he say? He goes, uh, Cynthia used to drink slurm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was kind of clever. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, that's kind of like where it ends, though. Yeah, in terms of like any in terms any of cleverness. Yeah, yeah, coming out of that. Yeah. So uh, they should have got some native writers, man. Yeah. Oh God, I, I we didn't look that up. I wonder. Yeah, well, I doubt it. No, but. I don't. I, no, I can't imagine because it's just no, it's too ham-handed. Yeah. So totally. the so they say that the native Martians are like. Uh, you know, talking about negotiations, and then Zap Brannigan's like, "How about you give us the girl, and we'll carve a bunch of our presidents into your sacred mountain." Okay, that was kind of clever too. That was kind of clever too, yeah. but it's also like, you know, it's satire, but it's like not even really satire. Yeah, you know, it's like just like ha 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 ha. Look, look what we did. We've already done that. Yeah, it's real. Get it? Do you know what we're talking about, guys? Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. So uh, yeah. so then it kind of comes down to like, well, you know. You traded this in fairness. We gave you this one bead. You gave us the planet. And the chief says, tribe suffer heat big buyer's remorse. Oh, my God. We want land back. You buyer's know? remorse. And, yeah. you know, and uh, let's let's be really clear here. This is exactly the narrative that gets pushed a lot mm-hmm. uh, right now. Like, I'm talking right now when it comes to uh, land claim settlement agreements. Anytime that Native people come forward and say, look, the treaties were never honored, uh, or you guys just full out stole our land and, and try to take it to court because that's, that's where we're pressed to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, very little negotiation goes on through, like you've got these specific claims tribunals and you've had, you've had a series of them, um, over the past 150 years that it never really come out in our favor or they just like, they, they do all the work and then they're like, well, our mandate's over. Sorry guys, we can't make up a, de- you know, make up our minds. We're not going to make a decision. Come back and try again when we reform a new uh, system to go through. Yep. And it's always, there's always this idea that people are only complaining now because they want money. They've got remorse about the, you know, the agreements that they made and the agreements were, you know, maybe not super fair, but like you agreed to them. So now you're just, you're you have buyer's it. remorse. Yeah, right? exactly. And it's, yeah. And it's, it's 
it's not it's not like you know these are constantly renewing relationships you know that's not what treaties are treaties are like a contract a capitalist contract and if you didn't get the best deal well too bad for you and and the thing is too uh when it comes to these sorts of claims treaty claims land entitlement claims all of the stuff that's going on across the country there's this idea that it just started you know like last year or you know it just it comes out of nowhere because people Mm -hmm. aren't aware of the history so you look at any of these claims none of them come out of nowhere people have been like trying uh to deal with these claims in in various venues through the courts through negotiation like you know sending people to 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 freaking england to london to to petition the queen right most of these most of these communities very you know not well-off communities have spent an incredible amount of money and emotional energy in trying to push for some sort of resolution to these issues every single year for the past like however long it's been since the the breach occurred yeah. and in one case like look at the Listiguch Mi'kmaq like 240 years every single year there's documentation that they said look we have this issue with the land uh, we need to do something about it this is not okay it never stopped but the only time that Canadians hear about it is when it finally comes to court or there's a settlement or or whatever it's publicized and all of a sudden people are like whoa they just want it now you yeah. know and nobody you know and of course like you know at one point it was it was flipping illegal mm-hmm. for we can hire First lawyers people to hire lawyers yeah 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 you know and it's like well, what where do you think this is coming out of yeah. like you know you like the your very own government made it so that you know tried their very best that we would not be able to do this yeah it was basically after the for, last treaty you know. was signed the indian act was amended so that uh, i think it was like 1926 amendments i could be wrong on the date but around then so it was illegal to raise money to to take any of these claims to court and then it wasn't until like 1973 that they finally uh, set up like a federal uh, claims tribunal to actually start looking at you know these outstanding outstanding claims and in the meantime of course, people weren't just sitting around waiting for the government to set up some sort of system. They were organizing. You know, you had the formation of all of these political groups during that time uh, to, to you know, without the money, without the legality, um, just doing things together as communities to be like, hey, this is not yeah. okay. And I mean, even now, you know, like who decides whether or not a claim is legitimate? Oh, yeah. No, you know, it's not, yeah. you know, it's yeah. the it's the same flipping colonial government and court system that, you know, made it illegal for us to even u- use those avenues in the first place, right? It's just... So what would have been <sighs> funnier is if uh, you don't go with this heap big buyer's remorse thing. You talk about like the fact that this these these native Martians have been trying to deal with this situation for like 200 years. You know somehow like let's bring attention to that. And you could you can you can do it in a funny way. You can you can talk about like all the different ways that they've tried. You know we sent them this. We did this. We did that. Like you know and then have the have the white people be like oh wow we didn't know you know yeah. whatever. Anyway but no. oh wait hey. I think, are we getting a transmission? Oh, oh, is that what that is? I heard something buzzing. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay we're going to have to take a pause here. Let's get this in because we never know if we're going to get it again. Yeah, so. let's, yeah. Hold on one sec. Dispatches from the future. Incoming in three, two, one. So as we, we sit up here in orbit and kind of watch what's what's going down uh, below us, um, we're, we're kind of seeing an uh, interesting kind of situation play out among the, the Muniawak. It's really weird, actually. Uh, I'm not even sure what's going on. It's, it's a bit confusing because there's a lot of claims being made right now and a lot of demands being made that don't actually make sense to us, and we're not sure how to meet those demands. We want to have a, have a dialogue uh, with, with the people who have returned, but um, recently what I was watching today is uh, there was a demand to institute something that they were calling uh, a Canadian Human Rights Tribunal, which I had to I had to do some research and go back and find mm. the last time that there was something like that was, I mean about 250 years ago. So it, it's so arcane and and I'm not sure exactly what it is that they want to do by by resurrecting this sort of you know framework. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our understanding is that um, rights were something that uh, were kind of used by by settlers and like white settlers in particular to kind of like things that they could could grant to people who were marginalized and then kind of take them away uh, yeah. whenever they felt like it. Um, but the Munio uh, walks seem to, to want this for themselves. They want kind of right. these individual rights to to this land that is, is still healing. They don't they don't want to you know have have the opportunity to to kind of fulfill their obligations to it or to allow it um, to to invite them back. Um, once it's healed, they're they're looking for for a right to it that we we just you know we can't give them this right. I don't, are we supposed to give them a right? It, I, I, don't I don't know what it is exactly because um, it you we keep telling them look it's it's about relationships with the land it's about relationships with one another 
and and they they come back well we don't want to be related to you but it's not it's, it's not like we're not saying hey you're our cousins necessarily uh although some of them are mm-hmm. i mean let's be honest but they they seem to misunderstand um our framework and, and we're just i'm really struggling with theirs um and and part of this is kind of funny because they're they are flat out denying any sort of relationship with us and what's ironic about that is some of the um some of the leaders of 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 uh of the group that's here now are actually descended from those who uh back in you know the the 21st and 22nd century were making very strong claims to being indigenous um through uh claiming to be metis uh, they they had decided that they were indigenous and they had replaced the other indigenous peoples. So there there were some pretty strong claims. They even like created their own communities and their federations and you know tribes and stuff like that. But now these people are saying no, we're not related to you at all. Thus we can't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and of course like this is one of kind of those those moves to innocence, those colonial moves to innocence that were were really destroyed during the uh Kitsitap Wewen um in like 2018 to 2021. Yeah. Uh so these this is like a kind of a really kind of like archaic twist on this this worldview. Um you know, and it just it just seems strange that they kind of haven't moved past this. You know, even after it's the like great appealing to phrenology. <laughs> like I don't you know or some it, it it's so yeah. it's so arcane like or the humors yeah you know? we had to really like just even um you know when they 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 put out a list of demands right there was they they refused to even just sit down and have a conversation uh they wouldn't come into the circle they just you know gave us a piece of paper here's our demands um and and Molly and I were sitting up here for you know banging away just looking at looking at the old records trying to figure out what these words even meant mm-hmm. yeah united nations i mean our nations aren't always united but you know we we meet and talk about stuff right. we don't you know they wanted us to bring a like some they wanted the united nations and, to and in a nation state resolution sense. yeah yeah it's instead like, of like in a peoplehood sense it's, you know they've they've been here for a while now you know they're they've been moving back and they've been here for a while mm-hmm. and they just haven't kind of realized that there's no such thing as states anymore. Right. Or, and <laughs> after, um, you know, after all the, the Kitsitap when really did, like, uh, identify, isolate, and, and sort of debunk a lot of these moves to innocence. So we've already got the arguments. We've already, you know, we know exactly what they're going to say. And it's, it's weird because it's like, I think that they've forgotten that history. Mm-hmm. So once we figured out what they were talking about, they started bringing this stuff up. Uh, we were like, but that's already been dealt with. You know, mm-hmm. so why don't you why don't you try out the the you know the relationship, the reciprocal obligation approach instead of this individual neoliberal rights regime that they seem to be mm-hmm. really really fond of. Mm-hmm. It's like it's you know it's not even that we. I mean, we do disagree with with this idea of of kind of rights rather than responsibilities, but it's it's not like we could even give anybody their human rights. No, it's you know? not for it's us not, to give. It's you know, it's it's kind of what you know. They they keep talking about you know the value of the land, and they need to go and kind of extract its value, and right. you know they it's they not don't being used properly. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they don't feel like they have equality, and it's mm-hmm. you know it just it's it's all very strange to us. Um, so there, it looks like you know this is kind of a last diplomatic resort uh, with us trying to reach out to them. But uh, they've kind of started mobilizing their corn syrup transports and seem to be kind of heading generally southwards. So right. uh, into into Lancet, as you know, like are, are still healing. We've sort of uh, everybody's basically agreed to let those lands heal by themselves. Mm-hmm. So this is really concerning some people that it's it's violating uh, treaties made with the land, treaties made with the the animals and plants. Um, but even still, we don't want to be coercive with these people, you know, no. like let the, you know, it's always, it's always been the tradition that, you know, when a group of people don't agree, uh, with wider society that, you know, they're able to go off and do their own thing and that's fine. Um, but, but they don't, it's, they're not even just doing that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really pushing for us to give them stuff that we don't, what is it? Do you want? We don't understand. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like free speech. What, like you can say you whatever can say you, what want. you want, like, like go for it. It yeah. doesn't, you know, we, we're not going to. We can't give you a right to free speech and equality just, under the law. Like, yeah, what do you what, what are you talking about? We already we're all equals as human beings and animals and plants and land and yeah. We just we all have you know we all have these responsibilities that we need yeah. to fulfill to keep everything you know balanced. And yeah, you don't you, you don't get to just say I have all these things and I don't have to do anything and you know for them I don't have to I don't have to respond to any of the relationships. You can't you, legislate res- relationships. I know. You know. It just, uh, it, anyway, it's weird. So, so that's that's what's going on, right? Yeah. Now. So we're gonna we're gonna see how that plays out. Things are things are kind of tense um, here at the moment, but you know I think we're we're hoping for the best. Yeah, I think it'll work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, 
that's that seems interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't seem like what we've kind of been hearing uh, from the dispatches so far. Yeah, so far it's all been about conflict. Like, yeah, there was a there was like the a gun, pitched battle, a gun battle, and kind of leading up. Hey, are we, I think we're getting these backwards. It's, that's that would kind of make sense because mm-hmm. it sounds like this is the beginning of the conflict, or or like I don't know before they ended up or we ended up. That's always so confusing. We sound pretty chill, eh? Yeah, we sound a lot less wound up than we currently yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sensing less anger. But yeah. but yeah, that was that particular dispatch was way calmer than the ones we got before. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, I think that they're coming in backwards. Yeah, no. Th- I mean, that'll be interesting to see because it, it, they seem to be referring to things, or like we, we, they seem to be <laughs> yeah. referring to things that like we, we don't have any knowledge about right yet yeah yeah they're like as you know (laughs) like no i I don't know what are you talking about yeah what are you talking about me yeah it's a little confusing why don't you fill me in (laughs) why don't you fill me in but but whatever i mean we're just happy to get that this is still very very cool and and of course Mm. we'll play that spot by the georgians later to uh honor our reciprocal obligations to the georgians for putting in the time effort and technology to get us these dispatches yeah in whatever order they're in. We'll figure it out yeah, eventually. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll put them together uh, if it seems like that's, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll try to create a coherent narrative of, of them so far. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that, that kind of clears up a lot, though, because, you know, I was really stressed out for us. That first gun battle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. we still Although know we don't know if if this. Whoa. Yeah. How we're doing, if we're yeah, still for, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whew. I'm a little bit more. Yeah, this though. this got real. This got real heavy. Wow. Anyway, uh, but maybe, hopeful stuff. I guess sounds yeah. like looks like things do get better. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we seem we seem a lot more chillaxed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to say the least. Okay, Whew. so wow. Where All right, we? let's yeah. get back to uh, the show. Um, right, we were talking about buyer's remorse. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ranted Oof. for that for a while. Okay. Yeah. So after that, there was. Um, oh, he blows. He blows the. Yeah, because Zap Brannigan pulls out his gun. He's like, negotiations are over, and I've yep. got the gun, so you're gonna do whatever I want. And then you got the flute. Yeah, although it's Oof. it's actually like it's one of those tuning thing, you know, so everybody sings yeah. at the same yeah. the same key, but but, but yeah, I, I don't know, flute. I think that counts. Yeah. And then you realize that that didgeridoo sound that you've been hearing all along was actually coming from the throats of the indigenous peoples. They sing mm-hmm. this sound. Mm-hmm. And then collectively it kind of like brings up these tornadoes that mm-hmm. can then kind of do the will of That's right. I yeah. guess the mystical like nature powers. Yeah. But yeah. also like part of me was like, "Oh, it's kind of like this collective power. That's kind of cool." And then part of me was like, "Oh, well, obviously every single Indian has the same wants, needs and desires and can just do all this stuff without yes. even having to talk." Oh, hive mind. Yeah. And basically. so the yeah, the the chief singing wind is able to like control a specific uh little, you know, dust cyclone uh, you know, so they start, you know, they're picking up Amy and, and then they're sending the storm out. That's sort of wiping everything away, like mm-hmm. stripping, stripping the, the flesh from bones and stuff. And mm-hmm. so they're controlling. So it's, it's obviously like, a this is how they're going to destroy everything. Yeah. Right? But you know, if, if they wanted to, they wanted to hurt the Wongs their, you know, their original plan was they were going to steal the bugalo and then they kidnapped Amy. But if they had, they all along, you know, there's this idea that they have this destructive power where they could just destroy everything, you know, like it's weird because natives are seen as both powerless and forces of nature. Yeah. Right. Like, so like by themselves individually or even collectively, uh, easily to, to overcome and destroy, but be careful because they can also harness the nature you know, the power against of nature you. against yeah, you. Yeah, you like no matter how long you've been there, yeah. if you're a settler, you're still kind of this interloper who doesn't really understand right. you know, the land. And or, isn't this is still I, I feel like this you know. is still a fear that there's this idea that that indigenous peoples like I mean, definitely with this bill C fifty one and everything, there's this idea that indigenous peoples are inherently violent, that you know, that that we can resort to violence at any time and, and that's a real like it's a serious threat to originally to colonization, to the colonies themselves, and now to the nation state, mm-hmm. right? To Canada itself. And I, I just get this picture. I'm like, wouldn't it be great if, if that if that were actually true? If we could just like ride out of the forest on bears, you know, like laser arrows in hand. <laughs> yeah, like, or, or whatever. Just, you know, you like. just say shooting woodpeckers? Woodpeckers, you know, like, can you imagine? Yo, those bastards right? are, yeah. You could poke, like, eye, multiple eyes out. Like, they yeah. just bore through somebody's head. Yeah. Just like take the eyeball out. There. Yeah, yeah, you get a woodpecker to the chest. Like that's a sucking yeah, chest wound for sure, it, you know. It. Like we're like tossing tossing porcupines. Oh yeah, totally. A couple of porcupines to the face, yeah. man. You're out. You're out. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're not gonna want to just like squeezing the skunk, like or even like yeah, totally. Or even like you know, porcupine to the butt. 
Are you yeah. kidding? Like, <laughs> you're out of the battle. Like, Release you're not even... the Wolverines! <laughs> <laughs> don't even say that, man. Oh, man. Yo, don't or jinx like, it. a stampede of moose. <laughs> like, literally the worst thing ever. Just those big gangly, those huge feet just, like, stomping on your face. <laughs> so I wish. I wish, right? But, like... Well, I mean, you know, we can't tell them that, you know, it's all satire, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. There we go. Yeah, you can call up the pigeons. You know, use your pigeon clan powers. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, yeah, so, and okay, so here's the other thing. So this dust storm is kind of like, you know, wiping everything clean and the uh, the big stone face of Mars, you know, the, the dust storm kind of like coalesces around there and busts out all of the dust and it's actually this dead native Martian. Yeah, but it's like it's part of the a body. big one, right? Yeah, like, part of yeah. the body of this dead native Martian. And, and the dust been is coming buried. out of its mouth. Yeah, and it's it's kind of I I don't know. It seems like this kind of like weird metaphor, but it Native just seems rage. kind of like this gross, you know, like Indian graveyard. Yeah. Sort of, and that's where all the live Indians are living. Sort of, in I don't the, know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is kind of creepy, right? Yeah, they're I was in, actually they're sort really of living in the bones of the yeah, yeah, of their former glory or whatever. It's oh. kind of gnarly. And so yeah, so Amy's flying in this dust storm. She's like, you know, she's in danger, mm-hmm. and so Ziff, uh, all of a sudden. Kiff, yeah, sorry, Kiff. Um, I'm mix- mixing him up with Zap Brannigan. Okay, so he he ends up on the back of a, a flying Betsy, you know, of the of the bugalo mm-hmm. uh, to save her, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that and that stops the Every, fight, yeah, because yeah. uh, Chief Singing Wind goes, "Great Mother Mars, he has the gift." Yeah, he has a reverence. He has a true reverence mm-hmm. for, for Mother Mars. Let there be peace. Yep, and let then, us let us smoke smoke. Smoke them peace pipe. Ugh, let them smoke them peace pipe. Yeah, and and suddenly it, you know, the dust storms died down, and it cuts to a teepee. Yeah. Okay. Out so, of nowhere. Right. Just out of nowhere, like on this like mesa, you've got like a teepee, whereas before it was like whatever. But yeah. you know, we're all the same. I mean, next well, it'll be an igloo. I mean, it's it's totally that thing where it's like it's all a big joke, so it's completely fine that they have these, yeah. you know, ridiculous things. When yeah. in fact, never no. mind that. Like literally, still right now most Canadians can't tell the difference between the different homes, different traditional homes of indigenous peoples. Like, no, it's not actually confusing. We know right away this is silly. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't belong in the desert. But, yeah, not, not to mention that, like, people still actually think that we all live in teepees yeah. all the time. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so... And if you tried to, you'd get you'd get arrested. You're not... They'd yeah. take your kids away. Yeah, you oh, can't totally. You can't even. But yeah. whatever. All right. So, uh, so they're going to smoke, uh, you know, the peace pipe, um, which is Kif. a challenge for Kiff, right? Yeah. Cause he tried smoking before yeah, and, and he like horrible. passed out and threw up and yeah. all of these things. And so he tries to, you know, avoid it by saying, I'm actually on the peace patch. <laughs> that was oh funny. yeah. And, uh, then, then they let him know that you must smoke the peace pipe and you must smoke it peacefully or we'll kill you. There we go. There's the, there's the, the violence, yeah, right? That underlying violence. Yeah. You can't, you can't trust those Indians. No, nope. We all talk about peace and this and that, and the peace pipe, blah, blah, blah. But really we know if you, if you mess with us, we're just going to like kill you and scalp you. And like, I don't know what else are they afraid of? Like burn your wagons. Yeah. Take your women captive. Right. Uh, not use the land properly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, not not be capitalist enough. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. So they they end up not you shit know. in the water. Yeah. <laughs> all the horrible things. Doesn't that sound terrible? All right. Yeah. So they uh, they all pressure Kiff into to smoke in the peace pipe, and he and he does, and he does it, you know, seemingly successfully, and he goes, "I'm smoking. I'm the greatest." And the chief reaches out to slap him on the back in a manly way, and he starts coughing. Right. And uh, and that's you know, it. All violence, hell breaks loose. Yeah. Violence released. Yep. Yeah, he's staked out on this sort of, like, bed, uh, and we find out that he now he must die, and ironically, he must die being crushed by the bead they sold all the land for. Yeah, and you're like, wait, that doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, these these indigenous people just seem to be both treacherous and still have no idea about anything. Yeah. Until they bust out this bead. Right, which is a gigantic diamond, which, of course, all the, all the non-native people there immediately recognize the value of. But mm-hmm. the native people know nothing yeah in the in the you know 200 years or whatever it's been since the wongs came and Mm -hmm. and made that trade nobody's ever bothered to check the value of the bead yeah oh and and so i mean what's what what that's part of too is okay so um they said you know maybe we can just trade back you know for the diamond for the land and uh and this is so the the chief goes we assumed our ancestors were cheated because they not have concept of ownership right so there's this (laughs) 
okay, there's a couple things there. There's that, <laughs> there's that stereotype, that, that myth that there was no, uh, because Indigenous people had Indigenous legal orders and didn't have a European concept of land, that they didn't have any land ownership, which is complete bunk, right? It's just, it's a, it's a, um, it's just a different legal regime. You can't mm. say uh, it's not exactly like European, you know, property law. Thus, it's nothing. Okay, yeah. no, you, you wouldn't do that anywhere else. You don't go to you don't go to China and say it's not European property law. Thus, you have no laws about property. Yeah, thus, you don't actually own the land, so we're gonna own it now. Okay, right. great. Yeah, and then this idea of uh, you know just assuming that your ancestors were cheated, right? Like there's the there's the suggestion here that you know these trades were actually fair in some way. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that indigenous people, you know, we just automatically go into wine mode. Yes, exactly. We just assume that our ancestors were screwed when if you really looked at it, you know, it was more of a fair deal than you think. Yeah, you're blah, just blah, blah, you're blah. just complaining. You're just not looking at it the right way. Like, look at all this great stuff that we brought you, yeah. you know, Western medicine Smallpox. and, you know, government and, you know, the, the true, like using the land in the proper way. And, school. you know, you were just savages before we came. Yeah. But now you're just complaining because yeah. you actually got a great deal because yeah, yeah, look yeah. how great we are look at the toilets they flush yeah we still shit in the water but now yeah, we don't we don't have to actually hang our asses over the riverbank anymore we can just flush and then dump the raw sewage into the water now you're welcome thanks europe <laughs> so yeah and and then uh so bender's like hey can we have it back then and and uh, you know the treacherous indians are like no we do have a con- uh, concept of ownership, like so. They're separating themselves from their ancestors for one mm-hmm. thing. Even the even the natives think that their their ancestors were were stupid, you know. But they've learned they didn't learn about the value of the diamond, but they learned to have a concept of ownership, whereas their ancestors didn't. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, and it's you know a twenty one minute episode or whatever. But nobody like they just take everything at face value. Yeah. Is the other things so, like at the end of the day, they're just they're still gullible. Yeah. You know, they haven't you know, learned anything. They're still not exactly like, they're not skilled negotiators. They don't have any sort of nuance to their thought processes. It's just And they like, just believe that it's valuable because these people mm-hmm. say it is. Yeah. yeah. And the, then Leela, you know, pipes in with her, you know, liberal good, do-gooderness. What about your sacred land? Land schmand. We don't want to live on this planet. It's a dump. We'll buy a new planet and act like it's sacred. With this amount of money, who will who'll say anything? Nobody. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We'll just act like it's sacred. And really... Again, this really plays into, I think, what a lot of people think is, you know, when we talk about a relationship with the land and, you know, the land being sacred and stuff, you get a lot of people rolling their eyes and going, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, and and then they'll bring up, you know, everything under the sun. They'll bring up that myth of Rapa Nui, right? That the the natives there, like, cut down down all of the trees and destroyed everything. And that's that's indigenous, uh, you know, ecological knowledge. It's actually destructive. They'll bring up everything. They'll be like, well, look at this. Look at that. Look at how you treated this. Look at Obviously, you don't care about the land. And, And it's never with any nuance or context. It's just completely, you know, these these things are brought up in a way to just totally ignore and devalue the, the idea that anybody could think that land is sacred like mm-hmm. yeah yep. and, and even beyond that it's like Leela comes in being like this is beautiful I understand this I value this idea of like you thinking that the land is sacred but if you give Indians half a chance they're gonna buy in yeah if you give them a good enough deal they're gonna buy in and they're gonna screw you and they're gonna betray the settlers who actually do believe that that having uh, respect for the land is possible, <laughs> you know, yeah. in in that way, Leela is more Indian than they are. Yeah, and you know, Kiff, of course, like this comes up over and over again. Rides the bugalo, he has the reverence for the land, he becomes the Indian, right? But does it better? Yes, absolutely, always you know, does it. Better. He's got the moral high ground, yeah. whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Like it just becomes this, you know, it's supposed to be a satire, but at the end of the day, it's just like everything else. The we've indigenous watched. people, yeah, they're but yeah. this one, it's just like we have. Haven't seen this idea that Indians are actually just grasping, right. greedy, you know, kind of narcissistic. I can't believe they like, didn't bring up casinos. I guess they just didn't have enough time this time. I mean, I'm sh- I bet there's another episode yeah. that deals with yeah. casinos. I bet that's a joke in several more episodes. Right. That wouldn't surprise me. But uh, anyway, so the next scene is it cuts to all of the native Sp- Martians leaving the planet space wigwams. in like weird spaceship wigwam things that yeah. obviously they just threw together at the last minute. It didn't make much sense. Yeah. And they're taking the diamond with them. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like towing it. Yeah. That's it. That their relationship with the land was bogus. They were bogus. Yeah. They were just, they were just waiting for the right deal to come along. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think the episode ends with, you know, Kiff 
you know, still hasn't impressed Amy's parents, but is a little bit more secure in his masculinity, and he writes about it in his diary. And yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, we kind of stopped caring at Ooh. that point. Uh, so why don't we uh, go to the Georgians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, then we'll we'll rate this biz. Okay, sounds good. This episode of Metean Space is sponsored by the Georgians. The Church of George. Our hearts soar. From the Book of George, chapter 3.14, verse 15. After the winter's cold and icy winds, life again flows up from the bosom of Mother Earth. And Mother Earth throws off dead stalks and withered limbs, for they are useless. In their place, new and strong saplings arise. So thanks again to the Georgians for uh, making it possible for us to get dispatches to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And for that uh, future wisdom sent to the past so we can read it in the present. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, let's rate this baby. Yeah. I think we both had uh, much higher hopes for it uh, than than things ended up playing out. Um, And I think we decided to rate it out of tired satire. Yep. Uh, So once again, um, if you're not sure you're new new to the show um it's out of five tired satires uh five out of five means that it's the greatest thing that you've ever seen you'd recommend it to all your friends and your grandma (laughs) one uh tired satire out of five means that it was terrible uh and horrible and yes we have gone lower than one and also lower than zero yeah uh so chelsea what would what would you say out of tired satires okay well i'd give it a one tired satire for the way that it successfully mocked concepts of masculinity um but i would give it one being it didn't mock masculinity no no no. i think like okay so like it's still crap okay okay Okay. i I didn't go negative this like i didn't go below Mm -hmm. uh zero this time but like one only the only reason it's getting anything other than a zero is because it successfully mocked masculinity yeah that's pretty good but I think it deserves a porcupine to the face for the way that it dealt with indigeneity. And I know that's not like a a clear one to five thing, but whatever. It's a porcupine to the face. So that's that's what I think uh, the writers deserve for this. Yeah. Yeah. Metaphorically speaking. Thesis. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah. We're not going to harness our porcupine powers and track down the writers of Futurama. No. So they get porcupines to the face. No, that'd be terrible. No. I'm not going to waste the quills. No. Are you kidding? Yeah. You got, you got stuff to make. Yeah. All right, Molly, what yeah. do you think? Uh, I actually... Um, You're always nicer than me. Uh, yeah. And I actually... I think this is the first time that we've been actually like really significantly different. Mm-hmm. I was going to give this a three out of five tired satires. Is it just because you like animation that much? I do like animation. Um, and, you know, three out of five is average. Mm-hmm. And there's several reasons for this. Uh, the first one being that it is a little bit different from what we've formerly seen. Yeah. And it was interesting at least for that. It doesn't make it any good. It was still infuriating. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at least it wasn't, you know, nobody turned into an animal. There were no bears, which happens very rarely. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there were at least, you know, there there were indigenous women. There was even a cradle board at one point. Really? Uh, I didn't but see that. nobody was was sexualized. Of course, the other the other side of that was, you know, this entire episode's about masculinity and mm-hmm. all of the indigenous Martians are completely, you know sexist more or less mm-hmm. um there's just like a few very stereotypical kind of like things to point to it uh but i'm also gonna give it three porcupines to the face for the writers because <laughs> f- fuck that yeah that was like awful. that was horrible yeah, yeah, yeah you know like that that was that wasn't satire you know it's it's just one of those things where it's it's clearly non-native writers yeah writing assuming that there are no natives to be pissed off yeah 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 you know, know we're, we're just we don't exist to critique this stuff no. and what's weird is i i've fully seen this before i i like futurama i've watched it a lot mm. um but because i wasn't looking at it you know in detail uh this one never stuck out for me as like being particularly problematic but it it's it's the same with a lot of the episodes we've seen mm. i mean the buffy episode like right away I was like what it's yeah. like a slap to the face but a lot of these you're like eh, it's not that bad until you actually pay attention and mm-hmm. then you're like wow it's so bad yeah you know? especially especially because I think science fiction generally is not considered a conservative genre right you know it's not it's not like you know kind of like those little house on the prairie style mm-hmm. sort of like country hoedown you know like kind of fictions or dramas or whatever it's you know science fiction is considered quite left and Futurama and the Simpsons also yes is, is well known oh, for its kind of more leftist social commentary so you don't you kind of don't see it coming but that's that uh, let's be honest though with conservative 
approaches to indigeneity tend to be more overtly racist and clear and you expect it right mm. and it's always like it's always sort of a slap to the face when um you get like sort of leftists uh perpetuating these stereotypes about us whether it's a noble savage or it's like these i you know the sorts of ideas we saw on this show mm. you're just like wow that's the extent to which your liberalism goes like that's it you know like yeah. we're still well, i mean what what is liberalism uh, it, there's right? not that like, much difference there's not much difference between no. the overt racist and and the one who hides it with his like his you know yeah. liberal individual rights rhetoric yeah totally like you can be a fox news commentator you can be a white savior and at the end of the day you still want the same thing you want us gone yeah <sighs> that being said um, Let's make sure that we're not gone by supporting us. Yeah. So uh, we are, if you checked out the 17 second introduction uh, to this podcast right at the beginning. No, it's really short, this one. Yeah, it's nice. That was last season that was... No, no, this is 17 seconds. 17 seconds. Yeah, that's is, Oh, is. yeah. Yeah, it's great. Why did I think that was long? Because we've talked about a show that was like 20 minutes for like over an hour. That's yeah, why. that's probably why. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so Indian and Cowboy uh, Media Network. Um, it's a grassroots kind of bias for us. Um, right now it's just doing podcasts, but I think I think the dream is to kind of expand it into all forms of media. Basically to, you know, build the capacity of Indigenous people to kind of be on the internet, telling our stories, talking about our realities. Um, you can check it out at indianandcowboy.com um, it's also linked from our own website maintainspace.com and how can people support Chelsea? Well, they can uh, they can support us through Patreon. So if you go on to indianandcowboy.com, you hit donate, and that'll take you to the Patreon page. And basically, what it is is like you you're a patron of the arts, right? You you can set it up so that you uh, give a little bit every month, and that supports um, you know all of the shows. Like it doesn't go directly to us; it goes to um, you know buying better equipment, uh, you know, or whatever. Just yeah, like paying, paying for it. like hosting, oh, the, paying for you know all of those stuff, like. Yeah tech things that Chelsea and I have no idea what is going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just, just to expand it, you know, because I think a lot of people have been pitching ideas and there's definitely uh, there's definitely going to be some expansion and we're seeing some really exciting things coming coming out. Pe- a lot more people are podcasting, whether it's mm-hmm. like a, a serial podcast or it's like just one-ups, but it, it's definitely something that in, in across Indian country we're seeing happening more and more. It's mm-hmm. really, really exciting. Yeah, because it's I think it's a really good way for us to connect to each other. Because yeah. uh, like what I've been hearing too is like there are folks up north who, who have been listening to this podcast and other podcasts mm-hmm. and it's, it's relatively accessible because you know even if the internet connection is pretty spotty they can download you know download an episode yeah and then and then listen to it so it's it's a, actually a really interesting way for us to communicate with each other and, yeah and without having to grow yeah i mean we because we've had like there's been a lot of uh, cutbacks and radio stations are getting shut down in the north and you know stuff like that like i'm hoping there's going to be more indigenous language podcasts mm-hmm. coming out if i had some time uh maybe maybe i'll look at it this you know once a baby's born <laughs> right <Ooh. laughs> no, i guess i've forgotten what it's like uh to to have a kid you have no time but uh, definitely like more language podcasts more oh it's just the the possibilities are endless Mm -hmm. yeah so so check out indianandcowboy.com check out the patreon thing if you can give a little bit each month that's awesome it's all done automatically so you just kind of set the thing up and then let it run um but either way just like you know go to indian cowboy click click around there's other podcasts podcasts. on there yeah they're all awesome there's some really amazing uh stories from the land right now like a whole bunch has been coming out of the Sekwewek festival and mm-hmm. things like that so, so definitely check it out yeah the, the possibilities are, are like totally totally endless yep. with this biz so uh yeah with all of that uh futurama fell super flat right but thanks for joining us anyway here on metis in, in space 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 Make in space, space, space.